We're trying to continue this uh, series we've been working on. Watch uh, Mark chapter 13. Jesus said in relating to the end times, he said, what I say to you, I say to everybody, watch. This after explaining what the season of the end will look like. And we've been studying about what watch means and how the Greek word is actually to be awake. And there is a, 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 a demand for us in this season and in this time to be awake to the things of God and to be awake to what the Spirit of God is working in, in, uh, in our lives. Um, I taught last week, if you were here, about what it means to be moved by the Spirit of God and how uh, uh, Simeon, the old man in Luke chapter 2, uh, when Jesus was being brought into the temple by his parents, the Bible says he was moved by the Spirit and he came and picked up the baby Jesus. And I would just like to pick up from that uh, today and get into uh, our, our teaching for today. We're going to look at a couple scriptures. And uh, yeah, so let's start in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2 and verse number 25. Um, yeah. Luke 2, 25, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, moved by the Spirit. Everybody say, moved by the Spirit. He went into the temple courts when the parents brought the, in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, and then he goes on and gives his prayer, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, and he, he, he goes on. We talked about um, the unique thing about Simeon is that just like everybody, Simeon comes from somewhere. He has a tribe or an ethnicity or a, a group that he most likely relates to. Just like everybody, he also has his religious persuasions and upbringing. But he was not moved by his tribe. Neither was he moved by his religious affiliation. It says here clearly that uh, Simeon was moved by the Spirit. Praise the Lord. And we talked about how important that is because just like Simeon, we also come from somewhere. We also have influences. We also have a persuasion. And those persuasions have a funny way of moving us this way or that way. Particularly in this season in the world at this time and in this country at this time. I was telling a Marina service that every time when I stand on this pulpit, there's a different mood in the city depending on what tribe you are of. Sometimes it's great to be who you are and you can say hallelujah. And sometimes you are the enemy and you have to take a step back. And you find yourselves following in, the, in between the cracks of different persuasions, different uh, opinions. And it's, it becomes very, very, the winds are blowing very strong, particularly at a time like this. Amen. Uh, and and, and uh, it's important, I believe now more than ever, not to be moved by where we come from. Not even to be moved by our religious persuasion. And I'm going to get into that a little bit because religion and the spirit are not necessarily the same thing. Lord help us. But to be moved regardless of all these things, to be moved by the spirit of God. The church was an institution that was born in the power of the spirit. Amen. 
which means that if it was born in the power of the spirit it was independent of these other forces and it was independent of these other factors and when we when we uh when if we are not careful we can find ourselves in the category of being saved but moved by a spirit that we don't know this is exactly what happened with the disciples they were following jesus to jerusalem uh, and then when they got upset because they were not accepted in the Samaritan town, they asked Jesus, can we call down fire to burn all of these people? And Jesus told them, you do not know what spirit you are of. You are followers of Jesus. You are in the group. You attend every week the service, but you do not know what spirit you are of. Because revenge is more than a feeling. It's a spirit. Amen. It's a spirit and we have to guard ourselves against this spirit. And today we're going to take our ideas um, from, from, from uh, pick our, our teaching from these thoughts. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible was born in the power, the, the church was born in the power of the spirit. The spirit came down, they heard the wind, everyone was speaking in tongues. Just a, an amazing, amazing occurrence. Everyone thought they were drunk. And the first preaching of the church was done by Peter. And after his pe preaching, the Bible says that 3,000 people were added to their number. Um, but I think one of the most uh, unique and significant things about that church experience was not the power with which uh, it was started, but the, the fruit that it bore uh, as it as it grew and as it developed, what I mean by that is that um, in the beginning of Acts chapter two, the Bible says that the power of God fell. Okay, and we have a record of what that looks like. But by the end of the same chapter, what we see is very very powerful. And actually, we're, we're we've been talking about this with the team. I just want everybody to get ready get ready for 2021. We are going to be launching some initiatives that I'm very excited about. I will release that at the proper time, but I want to give just a small gursha uh, for the sake of this teaching because I think it goes, goes well. In verse 42, this is, the, this is what the fruit of the Holy Spirit amounted to. Verse 42, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Uh, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, prayer, and breaking of bread. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. It says everyone had everything in common. And it says, selling their goods and possessions, they gave to everyone as they had need. Come on, somebody. Everyone had everything in common. Because, not because God rained down money from heaven, but because people would sell their assets and it would be distributed among themselves as each person had need. And there was no needy among them. In Acts chapter 4, it says, because of this system, there was no needy among them. Hallelujah. Every need was met. So, see, as, as people uh, uh, of God, particularly of the Pentecostal persuasion, we are known by our noise. Come on, somebody. Uh, we are known by our theatrics. Uh -huh. We are known by our dramatics. But in the early church, Pentecost was translated to unusual generosity. Generosity unusual. It was the natural outflow of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. How come we're not known by that? 
as Pentecostal people. I believe if we did our job, we won't be as controversial eh, as we are right now. Come on, somebody. Eh? The generosity was of such a nature that there was no needy among them. All needs were met within the house of God because everybody moved by the Spirit of God uh, uh, was moved to share uh, what they had. In Acts chapter 4, there was no needy among them. By the time we get to Acts chapter 6, this same system continuing, um, we experience a, a, a hiccup or a challenge or a, a speed bump. Uh, and I would like to look at what that looked like, Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you, who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, we will turn this responsibility over to them. And we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. What I wanted us to look at it, it says that uh, everything was going well. The program from the book of Acts chapter 2, a huge visitation of God's spirit combined with a huge generosity and, and giving. Amen. And this continued to chapter 4. We see it showing up again. But when we get to Acts chapter 6, there's this little challenge. Because it says some of them started to complain in the distribution of the goods, of the food. Because the Grecian Jews were being overlooked by the Hebraic Jews. And so it created a, a, such a small, such a, such, a, such a challenging disturbance that they called the apostles together and they made some made some decisions. So I said, what's going on with these Grecian Jews and the Hebraic Jews? After all, they're all Jews. And I began to study, who are these Grecian Jews anyway? Right? And I be, there's a particularly one person who did a lot of study and he's considered the authority on who these Grecian Jews are. The short version is Grecian Jews is Jews that are also Greek. Okay? And that's part of the problem. This is Jerusalem, where the Jews who are Jews display their Judaism. The Greeks who are Jews are also Jews, but they were, they were people who came from other parts of the, the empire, and they came and they also settled in Jerusalem. So we had this mix of Grecian Jews and Hebraic Jews. Grecian Jews were Jews who spoke Greek as their first language. They were influenced by Greek culture, Many believe that they actually came from Alexandria where there was a strong Jewish population at that time. Many of them would move in their final days from Alexandria or wherever in the world they were and come to Jerusalem to spend their final days on the holy mountain, Mount Zion, at the temple of God. So when they heard the gospel, all of them were touched and all of them got saved together. And for the first few chapters, everything is fine. There's distribution of food. Come on, somebody. But by the time we get to Acts chapter 6, somebody saw the Grecian Jews and said, Hebraic Jews first. So basically what Grecian Jews were was uh, diaspora. Okay? Meaning that they are there, but they're not really there. Okay, they're in, but they're not really in. They are of a different culture. They look the same, but they smell different. 
They're from the country, but not really from the country. I'll leave it right there. Diaspora. Everybody just behind your mask say, thank God for diaspora. <laughs> now, the challenge is, is that this is, seems like just maybe not a big deal, but it is a big deal because what's happening is that now we are not moving according to the, the Spirit of God. The thing that makes the church unique is the fact that we're outside, there is us and them. In the church, there is no more us and them. We are all God's children. We are all Abraham's seed. In fact, Paul said in Galatians 3 that if you are baptized in Christ, then you are within Christ. You are Abraham's seed. There is no Greek. There is no Jew. There is no male, female, slave, free. All are in Christ. All are Abraham's seed. And all are heirs according to the promise that only happens in God. So where there is us versus them outside, inside there is no longer us versus them. In fact, the distinguishing mark of the believers is that there is no longer us and them. We are all in Christ. We are all one. So when it comes to distribution of food, there should be no difference. The outside should not affect the inside. What we have in that early church situation is that people are starting to choose favorites, starting to skip over some people, over preference that did not originate from here. What we have is the outside creeping in and influencing the inside. It was supposed to be the inside creeping out and influencing the outside. And even today, Lord help us now, uh, we all come from somewhere and there is rules of engagement that's established out there. There's us versus them. And it's understood. All right? Uh, you, you, it's funny, like being a person like I am, you have to wear different hats depending on where you go and where you find yourself in. Hmm? Without, even, without even knowing, like you land in America and the brothers say, word. <laughs> and you're like, I am from, okay, namasa All right? There's a, there's a camaraderie that's unspoken. The lines have been drawn. Only in the house of God can you come, hallelujah, as you are and be accepted as you are because Christ has done a work by His Spirit, hallelujah, to make the two one. So there's no us versus them in the house of God. There's an us. Hmm. And this is the miracle of the church. Uh, that was the language and flavor of the church until somebody started to overlook a certain person because of whatever persuasion and opinion they had and immediately they jumped to address the problem. Lord, help us today as the church. May that same Spirit of God that began the church be found to be among us. Now in our text in Luke chapter 2, the Bible says that Simeon was led by the Spirit. Okay, but where did the Spirit lead him to? The Bible says, moved by the Spirit, he went to the parents of Jesus just as they were bringing him into the temple to do what was customary according to the law. And as soon as they came out, the Spirit led him and he picked up the baby Jesus in his arms and began to praise God. Ooh, hallelujah. The Spirit of God will always move you to the place where Jesus is. The Spirit of God is always on an agenda to glorify Jesus, to reveal Jesus, to make Jesus known. Jesus, speaking about the Holy Spirit, said, He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. That's the job. The Holy Spirit comes to reveal Jesus. 
The Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. When the Spirit is moving, know that somewhere or another you will end up with a revelation of Jesus, with an experience with Jesus, with a touch from Jesus. That's what the Holy... Come on, somebody. Hmm? That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Moved by the Spirit, He came to the place where Jesus was. Now, uh, did we all get that? Holy Spirit and Jesus, right? There's this story that's very interesting in Acts chapter 10. Uh, so we're kind of jumping all over Acts, but just stay with me. We're going somewhere. In the book of Acts chapter 10, uh, the Bible tells the story about Peter who was asleep in the city of Joppa in the house of a man known as Simon the Tanner. And he was resting, waiting for food to be prepared. And while he was resting, taking a nap, the Bible says he was caught up in a, in a vision or a trance. And while he was in the trance, he saw a sheet of unclean food being lowered down and taken up again three times. How many of you remember that story? Just some people might not know. Okay, so there was this dream and he was wondering what this meant. Okay? And as he woke up and as he was complicated, three men came who had been sent from Cornelius, who was a Roman centurion from Caesarea. And they came just as he was waking up from the dream and as he was contemplating the dream, they knocked at the door, they asked, is Simon Peter here? The Lord sent us, nam, nam, nam. And while they were at the door, the Holy Spirit told Peter, get up and go with these men. Who told? The Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is now pushing. And where did Peter end up? He ended up in the house of Cornelius. Now the Bible does not say that the Holy Spirit will lead us to Cornelius' house. It tells us that the Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. Revelation of Jesus. That the eyes be opened to see who he is. Amen? But here we don't see the Holy Spirit leading Peter to Jesus. We see the Holy Spirit leading Peter to Cornelius. What's going on here? Jesus, Jesus, did he get the, the, the signals wrong or something? No, I think God is showing us something. Uh, because uh, Cornelius is a Roman centurion. And the Romans is just another layer of the complicated first century social network of, uh, of Palestine at that time. If you are born in first century Palestine, you were either a Jew or a Samaritan. Come on, somebody. You were either a Grecian Jew or a Hebraic Jew. You were either a Pharisee or a Sadducee. Or, and so all of these uh, combined together created various intersections of us versus them. All right. But the worst us versus them of all, that almost everybody unifiedly declared was that we are us versus them with the Roman soldiers who were the occupiers at the time. I mean, we, we, we don't get along with Pharisees, but when it came to Romans, it's, it's over the top. Hmm? In fact, well, there's the long history about the Romans and, and the Jews at, at that time, the Greeks and the Jews. Bitcha, any person who wielded control over them became another Pharaoh. Everybody, whether you're Pharisee, Sadducee, Grecian, Hebrew, uh, Samaritan Jew, everybody was waiting for deliverance from, from, from the Romans, just like the Jews were waiting deliverance from Pharaoh in Egypt. I'll let you. So, so this is a very, very huge deal 
But now we see the Spirit of God leading Peter to Cornelius' house, the arch enemy, the arch rival, the one who has been the biggest headache for our people. In fact, they had made rules that were not even in the Bible about the Romans. Do not set foot in their house. Eh? Where did that come from? It came from us versus them, not thus says the Lord. But the Spirit of God is pushing whew, Cornelius, Cornelius' house. What is it about Cornelius? I think God is revealing to us something. Hmm. That the reason Peter was being led to Cornelius and not Jesus is because Jesus is to be found wherever your Cornelius is. Peter was worshiping Jesus while at the same time avoiding Cornelius, failing to realize that Jesus himself is in Cornelius or the Pharisees or the Grecian Jews. Come on, somebody. Or the Oromo. Come on, somebody. Or the Tigray or the Kikuyu or the Akamba. Are you following what I'm saying? Everybody has born, been born into a certain persuasion. And the closer you get to being led by the Spirit, you will find yourself on the other side of the track. Because that's where Jesus was. And nobody was expecting this. While, while Peter was preaching the gospel, the Holy Spirit fell. He didn't even get to finish his message. That same Holy Spirit that was leading him. And the Bible says that the, 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 the Jews who had come with Peter were surprised to see the Holy Spirit falling on the Gentiles. This was not part of the plan. It's us versus them. We have the Holy Spirit and they do not. Hallelujah. But God was revealing to them, hallelujah, that when it comes to being led by the Spirit, if you are really serious about Jesus and you really want to know Jesus, find your Cornelius. He's in your Cornelius. He will show up in your Cornelius. I think the greatest example that we have of this is the, is the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. Do you remember the Samaritan woman? But the first thing that we see with this woman, she comes to the well. Jesus comes and comes to her and asks her, will you give me a drink? And the first thing she says, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? It's us versus them Jesus don't you know that you're supposed to stay over there and we are supposed to stay over here but Jesus is showing you know the story goes on they tell this long conversation but at the end of the story Jesus says these words he said I who speak to you am he she says I know when Messiah comes he will reveal to us all things and the, and, and Jesus said to her I who speak to you am he meaning that Jesus spoke to her through the very object of her hate. And, and, and see, before that time, she knew who Jesus was by way of religion. But now she knew who Jesus was by way of Jesus himself introducing himself to her. There's a difference between religion version of Jesus and Jesus version of Jesus. Ooh, Lord help us. In religious interpretation of Jesus, we gather around and talk about what Jesus is like. But when we come to the Jesus who is the real Jesus, he himself speaks to us about what he is like. When we come to the religious version of Jesus, we talk about how Jesus healed on the uh, blind Bartimaeus on the, on the road, how he did miracles. But when we come to the real Jesus, he actually does miracles. Come on somebody. Uh, we talk about and read about how Jesus is a way maker and a deliverer in religion. But when we come to the real Jesus, 
Real deliverance takes place. Real breakthrough takes place. Where is the real Jesus? It's wherever your Cornelius is. Ooh, hallelujah. It's wherever your Jewish man is. If you can find Cornelius, you just might find Jesus. That's why the Holy Spirit was leading Peter to Cornelius' house. Your forgiveness and your revelation of Jesus will always go hand in hand. Religion is far removed from this because in religious we have groups and cliques and denominations. Denominations is basically us versus them with a religious uh, tapilla on the top. All right. The day we overcome that is the day the real Jesus. So, so I don't know, maybe for some of us, it could be different things. Uh, watch out for Jesus in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Some of us think Orthodox and say, Be Yesusin. But guess what? I found that there's some Orthodox who also look at us and say, Be Yesusin. There is us versus them. Eh? Some of you have issues with Catholic. Bless God, dead religion. And we say, Be Yesusin for the Catholic. But there are some Catholics that would look at you, Protestant, protesters, antagonizers, and say, Be Yesusin. The Samaritan woman never in her wildest dreams would have believed to have found Jesus the way she found Jesus. But that's exactly where, she, where, where he was. Peter and his people were surprised to see the Holy Spirit falling on the Gentiles because it's us versus them. I want to announce today that if you have your us versus them, then go to them. Allow the Holy Spirit to take you to them. Particularly in this politically ethnically charged atmosphere of Ethiopia that we are living in right now where every day every other day it's it's almost like we're becoming corporately schizophrenic I'll just leave it at that because I don't know what's coming next but but I want to challenge you that that for us as the people of God uh, our true north is different we move differently we walk differently. We are of a, a different spirit. We, where the world tells us it's us versus them, we are the ones that actually go to them. Come on, somebody. Uh, black and white in an age of Black Lives Matter. Hmm? Us versus them has been clearly drawn. We go to them, whatever your them is. Whatever your us is. And whatever you are so confident about in your us, think again. God just might be waiting for you in Cornelius' house. God just might be waiting for you over there. If it's the Spirit of God that has truly moved you, that means you cannot be moved by tribe. You cannot be moved by religious persuasion. You cannot be by political affiliation. We have to be moved by the Spirit of God. We will not look like them. They will look like us in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is just what I, I, I feel that the Lord was, you know, it's so, it's so charged right now. Uh, it really, really everywhere it's so charged. I believe the Spirit of God is bringing a message for us to know whose side you are on. Mm -hmm. And it's not us versus them. Do you remember the story of Joshua? Uh, when he was about, I think Joshua 5, when he was about to go into... Uh, the, the, the city of Jericho to take Jericho. The Bible says a man of war came to him and he had his sword, he stood mighty in front of him and Joshua, he, he drew his sword and he asked, 
Are you for us or for our enemies? And the captain of the Lord's army said, I am for Liverpool. You're right. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I am for you or for my enemies. He said, neither. But as captain of the Lord's army, I have come. Some of us have been banking on our relationship with the Lord, interpreting that relationship with the Lord through us and them, whether it's tribal, political, even religious. And I would like to expose the devil right now. God is telling to you neither. He's not for this or for that. He is on his own agenda, which means if you are too much on this side, you need to come a little bit more to the center. And if you are too much on this side, you might need to come a little bit more to the center because wherever you are relying on your understanding, there is where God is not. And whenever you trust the Lord, there is where you will find God. Hallelujah. Today, may the Lord heal each and every one of us. May I know even some of us have appointments, family. Once you go out, the the worry, it starts to go. Some of you have a lunch appointment and they're just waiting for you to talk about. Okay, if the shoe fits, wear it. Yeah? But may this lunch appointment be different today. May they not influence you anymore. Let us influence them. In Christ, there is no Greek. There is no Jew. There is no free, slave, male, female, white, black, north, south, tribal affiliation. All are one in Christ. Come on, somebody. We are all the children of Abraham. And because we are his seed, we are heirs according to the promise. May the Lord bring a healing today to somebody's thinking. And may the Lord bring us back home to the house of God, the people of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And if there is a Grecian Jew in this house, a diaspora, welcome to your family. You will get the same amount of bread as everybody else because this is the house of God. If you are a Hebraic Jew, welcome to the house of God. If you, are, if you are from the north, welcome to the house of God. Welcome to your family. If you are from the south, welcome to the house of God. This is the only thing that distinguishes us from all the other people of the world. It's no longer us versus them in the house of God. Help us, Lord. Hallelujah. In here, everybody has a place because we are all in Christ. May the Spirit of God push somebody today. Amen. May the Spirit of God push somebody today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Father God, for the places where we've become too tribal, we turn today. Father God, for the place where we have have developed an opinion that is not of your Spirit, we turn today. Where we've distanced ourselves from Cornelius' house, Hallelujah. Father God, today, whatever we need to do in our hearts today between us and you, just take some time with the Lord. Just search your heart. Let me remind you that when you're in Christ, we are no longer citizens of this world. And everything about our lives becomes a tool to fulfill His purpose and not our own. Welcome, Spirit of the Living God. Praise the Lord. Father, I just ask that you would move by your Spirit now. Just touch your people. Father God, may you 
May you help us to identify areas where we've created us versus them. Little revenges, little hurts, little persuasions, upbringing, history. Maybe, maybe even we've had bad experiences with another tribe or race or any, even in the house of God. May we revisit that right now, Father God. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would show up in that place, that the real Jesus would show up, that the real Jesus would touch us. If you're sick in your body right now, just put your hand wherever it's hurting, whatever needs a touch from the Lord. If you are maybe just lack the peace of God, it's a depression, it's keeping you up at night, just put your hand, put your hand on your heart. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the peace of God is different than the world's peace. The peace of God is described as a peace that passes understanding. You have your depression, put your hand on your heart. And also, if, if God is maybe even now in this time pinpointing a group or a person that you have you have targeted as them. Just put your, on your hand on your heart as well. Let's pray together. Because I believe as we get this out, what we see is when, when this happens, God shows up in a supernatural way. The, the, the Jew that was offensive to the Samaritan woman, Jesus said, I am he. At Cornelius' house, the Holy Spirit fell. Thank you, Lord. I believe today God will visit us by his spirit in a very special way. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name right now, we welcome your spirit. Come like a mighty wind, Father God. Visit your people now. I come against every sickness and disease that's tormenting your people, every demonic lie and oppression, every lack of peace father god that the enemy has stolen from your people i pray right now father god that by your spirit you will start to minister to your people in a special way hallelujah let bodies be healed let lives be restored let perspective come back home father god arise in this place and in this time like never before i pray father god that the yoke would be broken father god and the burden would be removed even now at the sound of my voice hallelujah I engage with the purchasing power of heaven. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father God, that oil begins to drip on the lives of your people as we go to Cornelius' house, as we are moved by the Spirit to the place where Jesus is, and sometimes the place where Jesus is hiding. Father God, move the, remove the veil. Hallelujah. Right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Arise in your people. Arise in your people now. Hallelujah. 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 Ooh, hallelujah. How we give you praise. How oh, hallelujah. feel just uh, uh, he's moving different today but I feel him so strong
we just take that step to Cornelia's house today? Just stand up wherever you are. Just lift your hands. Let's just begin to worship him. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you, Father God. Right now, we give you praise. Move, hallelujah. Move, hallelujah. Move by your spirit now. Hallelujah. How we bless you. Just open your mouth where you are. Just begin to press into him. Thank him for Cornelius' house. Oh, hallelujah. Let healing break forth now. Let victory break forth now. Hallelujah. Let peace break forth now. Hallelujah. Just open your mouth and begin to bless him. Hallelujah. He's here now. He's moving now. Hallelujah. Honor. Honor this step to Cornelius' house. Honor this step to the Jewish man. Honor this step, Father God, breaking the walls of us and them, Father God. Hallelujah. You, Jesus, come and speak to your people. You, Jesus, come and visit your people. Hallelujah. No more talking about you. We need to hear from you yourself, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Father, go. Right now, hallelujah. Thank you, yes. I see God is just taking out the heart of stone and putting in the heart of flesh. Even now, hallelujah. I just saw the Lord taking out that, like he said in Ezekiel, I will take, I will remove the heart of stone. It's not a mental ascent. It is a work of the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Right now, hallelujah. Do your work, Father God. Even now, do your work, Father God.